we are the ones which are imposing these limits on ourselves. We have to believe in ourselves a bit more. Like, just cut yourself some slack, give yourself some credit, and say, why not? Why would I not be able to do that if I really, really want to, if I'm really, really motivated? It's our own fears of not being good enough, of not qualifying, of not being able to get there. This is something which prevents us from doing things. Welcome to 14 Minutes of SaaS, the show where you can listen to the stories and opinions of founders of the world's most remarkable SaaS scale-ups. In this, the final episode of our three-part mini-series with Polina Montana, recorded in the Web Summit in Lisbon, she goes into more depth on Job Today and the service that they provide. She talks about it from the point of view of both the employer and the employee, and she also touches upon the future of work and issues around inclusivity and gender equality. Work is a vital need for, for most of us. And so the impact on economy, it's, it, it, it's tremendous. By making hiring easier by taking hustle out of hiring we would like to believe as a platform we also enable new jobs creations because as a small business owner if you know it's going to be very difficult for you to bring someone on, on, on board chances are you will just going to put more pressure on your existing team and uh, by giving you a solution which is easy and uh, intuitive like fast and efficient to use Chances are we actually help you to maybe hire more people and given, um, given opportunities to, to, to more candidates out there. Now, a couple of things I love about what, what the philosophy behind the company is that um, it allows, for example, graduates who don't have any references really that are work-based mm -hmm. to you know, present themselves in a video format. To, to you get, so the employer gets an immediate impression of that individual. And from the employer's point of view, um, they're not just putting bums on seats, they actually can see the individual and think that might work actually, that, that person could fit inside mm -hmm. my, my, my team. But I love the local, the fact that you focused on local, because uh, that's the great irony, isn't it? Um, people are down the road from you, you can't, you can't connect with them. Is there any a vision to go a little step further whereby, and I could be behind in your product by the way, whereby, um, you know, you make the connection you're the you're the employee you're the employer but whereby you somehow facilitate even the meeting and the whole thing you, do, is there is there any plan to build that out where everything just gets seamless where even where job today even facilitates the meeting place and everything or is that too no, much no i think it's it's definitely not too much the whole idea is to make hiring simple that's the core mission, just remove friction out of hiring. And absolutely, better scheduling of interviews and making sure there is a better fit and a better match between employer and candidate. It's, it's definitely directions on which, we are, on which we are working. Makes perfect sense. As you know, the biggest hiring pain in service industry are no-shows. The fact that people apply for too many jobs and then don't, they don't even bother to come and show uh -huh. up for the interview. So, I mean, clearly, better communication and better processes can, can, can improve greatly on that. And if you were a candidate and you sign up for a job today and you do two or three no-shows, uh, will that affect your ranking? Because uh, I know you're ranking the employers. Are you ranking the job seekers? In the future, yes. 
Absolutely. Our Ankan system, we are working on this right now. The idea is always about bringing transparency to hiring and transparency is something which is crucial for both sides of the equation, for candidates as well for us, for, for employers. Employers obviously want to know about references and motivations and personality of a candidate, which is perfectly fine and understandable. But also on the candidate side, there is a need to know much more about the company, not only the location and how much we're going to pay per hour, but hey, is it actually a nice place to work for? What do other people who are working for these employers, what are they saying? I mean, are we sharing positive uh, signals or, or maybe, maybe less so? And I think just bringing this transparency, which is definitely on a, on a priority of, of, of our projects in the future. Now, one of the challenges I have with 14 Minutes of SaaS is finding enough women uh, who are co-founders of mm -hmm. rocket ships in the SaaS space, mm -hmm. uh, partly because of the world we grew up in, uh, primarily because of that. And things are improving, I think. They never improve fast enough, do they? Um, do you see yourself as a role model for um, women uh, getting into technology and, and getting in at the founder level and, and kind of driving companies forward? And, and you know, what do you feel you can do if, if you do see, see yourself in that way? I'm not sure I see myself as a role model. I think we should ask people out there if I maybe one day I might qualify. But I think... I think you do. I'm out I th there. I think one thing I, sh I can be doing and one way in which I can contribute just by encouraging um, people with ambition, no matter female or not female, just encouraging people with ambition just to go for the dream and to make it happen. What I have seen uh, too many times is that in many cases uh, our limits, we are the ones which are imposing these limits on ourselves. We have to believe in ourselves a bit more, like just cut yourself some slack, give yourself some credit and say why not? Why would I not be able to do that if I really, really want to, if I'm really, really motivated? Many, some, many, in many cases, we, it's our own fears of not being good enough, of not qualifying, of not being able to get there. This is something which prevents us from doing things. It, it can apply for anything. It can apply for maybe someone starting in a job without experience, but maybe he's motivated and maybe he can learn 10 times faster than anybody else and he can catch up and just run with it. And that's what I see in many cases, in, even in our own company. I believe the future is really about, it's more about attitude and skills is something which you can gain. It's a great perspective because um, there is a bit too much focus on the male part in all of that and, and men and I've always had the perspective that it's a human problem, um, that it's partly exactly what you're saying but it's also men as well but uh, uh, I can remember 28 years ago having a, a debate with a lecturer in HR who said there will never be equality and my three best friends in the class were women and they all questioned why not? Why was I questioning him? So I realized that the, the barrier 28 years ago, at least in Dublin, and I think many other places, was that everyone felt that this is just the way it was going to pan out, and that it is, it is partly how you imagine your future. Um, and it was quite a strange, it was quite a strange thing to be arguing um, the part of women and the three girls who were, who were friends were, were 
kind of suspicious and kind of questioning me as to why I was questioning this. So I think it is a mindset that's opening up, uh, that's changing today. I think it definitely does. I think really it's all about the, the, the attitude, motivation and what it is you can do. Uh, I, I don't see how and why um, females should, should be faced with some kind of obstacles in their career paths in regards to men. I think equality definitely should be there. I would I'd even argue more. I believe maybe on the female side, as you know, you also have kids. I believe working mothers, they definitely deserve this extra support because, well, bringing up a new generation of this human race, I think, to be honest, it's already a job on itself. So respect to all the ladies out there who have kids, who are working moms, and who also try to kill it on the, on the workplace. Um, I think there has to be a better support system for, yeah. for working mothers. That, that's the voice of Paddy Cosgrave because we're here at the Web Summit. He's just across <laughs> from us there. Um, but uh, your voice is so clear, Polina. I think we'll be fine. Okay. Um, <laughs> um, yeah. And the other thing is, there's a, there's, it seems like people have been given permission in Silicon Valley in the last four or five years by a few people who've kind of had a sea change in how they see things. Like Mark Benioff has made a lot of noise about. Inclusive inclusion and, and uh, equality, and he's he's equalized the pay grades right across Salesforce. It took him about a year and a half to sort it out, but it's almost like other people have been given permission now to talk about this, and all every company wants to talk about it constantly. But I mean, countries like Sweden were have been doing what you're talking about for 30 years. Mm -hmm. I think parts of the European Union have been doing that for 30, 35 years, less aggressive and less vocal about it. Um, but there's a little bit of irony there uh, in places like Silicon Valley um, making those noises, but yet they don't pay any tax. So the, the welfare system isn't there. They're kind of saying companies will sort this out. But I don't buy that. I think governments need to, need to actually proactively level the playing field a little, a little there. What do you think? I think the future is about two things. Uh, on one side is about flexibility because people will want to do different things and they will move jobs or they will juggle different responsibilities more and more on one side. And on the other side, coming back to your question, I think future is all about this inclusion culture. And the way I think about this, inclusion does not necessarily goes across, it goes across origins it goes across genders and it also goes across type of contracts which you may or may not have flexibility and and gig work freelancing contracting it's definitely there to stay and it's fueled by increasing demand from both sides of the market like employers are looking for flexible workforce uh, candidate also understand what they can do more than one thing and they appreciate this flexibility. Today we did a number of surveys on Job Today app to ask this young generation of, of, of job seekers like hey what it is you value in your, uh, in your work and one which the answer which uh, scores the highest is actually I like flexibility I like to be flexible with my time uh, it's only second to the answer that I like to work with supportive colleagues Right? Uh, so bringing it back to how should the future of work look, I think inclusion has to be there. I don't see why someone should be treated differently 
based on his origins or his gender. I don't see why someone should be treated differently because he is working part-time or he is working full-time or he is a contractor. I think if you are working and you bring in value to my company, you should be entitled to more or less the same treatment and like exactly the same benefits. Now, should, it, should the responsibility leave with uh, state authorities or should it be living with, uh, with a company itself? I think it's a shared responsibility between employer and the state. And it has to go hand in hand. Because once again, as, as an employer, when you are promoting or accepting or accelerating flexible working, you should assume your responsibility for it. But at the same time, let's also think about job creation. You're also bringing it back and giving it back to society by creating those jobs. That's how economy goes forward. That's why I do think it really has to be a joint effort. I know there is still a lot of work to do, but it has to be a joint effort between governments, state and uh, employers. Well, on that fantastic note, Lena Montana, okay. I'm going to thank you so much for your time again. It's always great chatting to you. Thank you, Stefan. In the next episode, we stay in the Web Summit and we interview Adi Azaria for the second time. The last time we interviewed him, he was co-founder of SciSense and was helping build that rocket ship into what seems like an inevitable unicorn. He's now the CEO of WorkIs, a field service scheduling software. You've been listening to 14 Minutes of SaaS. Thanks to Mike Quill for his creativity and problem-solving skills and to Katsu for the music. This episode was brought to you by me, Stephen Cummins. If you enjoyed the podcast, please don't forget to share it with your network, subscribe to the series and give the show a rating.